0: Life's good! Never on. Whoa! Hard!
1: Hardly Come on, Brent! Life's good! Got real close. hair high, right? Trying to hit two-thirds. Have no. they saved oh. it for her? Yes, they
0: have! Ooh! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham.
1: Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, great to be back in the chair, you know, uh but did a lot of soul searching there last Mm. week and uh you know i I realized that maybe i should just stick to this podcasting game Mm. it's treating me well so uh thanks for letting everybody know what i was up to but uh (laughs) i think i will uh put that aside for the moment oh it's too bad Uh,
0: the people were excited
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, somewhat autobiographical story is always interesting, right? So, uh, yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed the interview with Matthew. Uh, no, it was it was great uh, hearing about how the whole uh, gambling side goes and, and about some of the guardrails that are up there. So, yeah, it, it was very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with Matthew. I thought that was good. And Scott, that's good information because a lot of people are going to be gambling this week as it's time for the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, my favorite event on the curling calendar, which also means that it's time for the Canada 3000 Jets Go Canadian Airlines Super Scotties preview presented by Wolco. Scott, are you excited for this year's edition?
1: Yeah, always glad to have those sponsors on board, Sean. <laughs> uh, I really you know, it helps us uh, really get down into the nitty-gritty of the event and make sure that we hit all of our bases.
0: That's right. So this year, it is the same format as last year. 18 teams in the field, round robin of eight games within the pool play, and then they're going to the championship pool. Four teams are going through. You will cross over, play those games. And then the modified page playoff system which I'm still not sure I fully understand. And I am 100% sure, though, I fully do not care for because it makes Friday night feel not really all that important or not as important where you're playing for a spot in the one-two game or the three-four game, which certainly matters, but not as much as the old Friday night mattered Mm -hmm. uh, in the format. So ultimately, six teams will get in. The top teams uh, will get the automatic spot in those Friday games, and the other teams will play in to get those spots. We go from six to four into the page and then a traditional page after that. So, Scott, a couple questions off the top. One of our great annual traditions on the show, out of the 18 teams, who are there, how many can win?
1: There's never like a huge number that can win. But when I look at these teams, Sean, there's a lot of good, good players here. Uh, We have shakeups from the year before. So if I'm going down the list of teams and thinking about who can win, uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, about six, I'd say. Six of the 18.
0: Yeah, which is weird, right? Because this is a really good field. And we talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago that pool B is really strong. Really and strong. it's going to be tough for teams to get out. Hell, the the defending bronze medalist is in this pool and is I haven't looked at the odds probably an underdog to make it out of the pool well, and, as is as is the defending silver medalist too. right so <laughs> that that's a really good pool but when you go down to who can win the strength of the top 2 3 teams kind of makes you wonder can one of those teams break through and obviously we'll talk about each team individually but mm-hmm. a potential Caveat to say, how many teams can win, and it being a small number this year. That doesn't mean the pool is bad. That just means that the top two teams in particular are that good.
1: I think yeah
0: that yeah. everyone else is really good. I I really think that the Scotties field, this is not a Briar preview, but is better than the Briar field, top to bottom, in terms of the the competitiveness that we're going to see over the week, and yet maybe the same number of teams going in can win, right? It's one of those, yeah. it, it's an interesting dynamic that the middle bottom of this field, when you look at, when, at the end of the week, when you look at its teams who went two and six, three and five, they're teams that in another year could make the championship pool. So it, it's just a, a product of a really good field
1: this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, we'll go through all the teams and uh, some of it is with the seating in the pools. It's it sort of, hurts the teams that don't play as much, but uh, yeah, I mean, you talked a bit with uh, Matthew there about Carrie Anderson's team being the favorite. And like, I think that is pretty obvious to everybody. Um, At the same time, how many in a row can you win? Like uh, only one other team's done four in a row Mm -hmm. and it would be a a pretty amazing feat to do it. Uh, But, and like we, like we just said, there's a lot of good talent in this field that could uh, come through and, uh, upset that number one seed. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh,
0: before we get into the teams, one other change we have speculated for a while, really since the summer, Scott, who's going to fill that chair in the TSN booth yes. for this week at least. All that was announced was it's for this week. I'd be shocked if it wouldn't, wasn't for the Briar too. It'd be slightly weird unless, of course, Joanne Courtney does have a, a real job that maybe she can only get this one week off. But Scott is going to be Joanne Courtney. We had talked for a while that it would be great if it was a front end player. I just assumed she was tied up with CBC and some sort of contractual something. I never considered mm-hmm. that she would have the flexibility to go over to TSN. But Joanne Courtney is going to be there for the week after making her broadcasting debut or like real debut last year at the Olympic Games. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think this is a pretty natural fit. Uh, Like you say, we wanted a front-end player there to sort of balance out uh, Russ and his skips point of view. And uh, Cheryl was great for those eight years, but uh, having two skips in the booth, uh, you know, it it definitely doesn't give you as broad a perspective as having a front-end player. So I think it's great. Uh, You weren't as into her performance at the Olympics a little down on it, I'd say, mostly due to the circumstances and having those plexiglass shields, (laughs) uh, all that kind of stuff, and making it really tough to integrate into the broadcast team. Not that the CBC broadcasters aren't pros, they are, but that was really tough conditions for everyone. This uh, TSN booth, uh, Vic, always a pro. Russ has gotten a lot better at it. So I think she'll be able to fit in seamlessly uh, and have a lot of fun calling the games this week.
0: Hopefully. Yeah, my criticism, if it even was criticism of... Last year, it really wasn't j- just of Joanne Courtney. It was really of the whole presentation that CBC yeah. did not put them in a position to succeed. And someone like Mike Harris, I think, could handle that a little better because he's been at these events in that role so many times. But when it's 3 a.m. and you're sitting in a booth in Toronto watching it on TV, not being able to really interact with the people you're calling the game with, that's just such a difficult scenario right to get Mm -hmm. the energy and enthusiasm that we might be seeing in the pictures it's hard to to transmit that when again it's the middle of the night and you're in a dark booth in toronto sitting by yourself so i think being there in person will really help having vic in particular is so Mm -hmm. good at setting people up and again not that the cbc folks aren't but vic is the best at it so he he's really going to put her in positions to succeed so I'm excited for this. I think it's a, a really good addition. And again, I, I, something I didn't think was possible because I just assumed she was going to be part of the CBC stuff moving forward. So this will be fun to see. You get a new voice
1: in there. Ab- absolutely. And uh, a new voice and a front-end voice. And uh, excited for that. Yeah.
0: So as we are wont to do on these previews, we're going to go pool by pool. We said that pool number B is the strongest pool So let's go through that one first, Scott, and start with the top-ranked team in the pool is Rachel Homan from Ontario. Ninth appearance in the Scotties for Rachel Homan, 10th appearance in the Scotties for Emma Miskew. Of course, Rachel Homan did not play last year after the Olympic Games or during the Olympic Games. The Scotties and the Olympics overlapped there last Mm -hmm. week or last year. Fun fact about Rachel Holman, the last four times that she has played in the Scotties, she has played in the gold medal match, going one in three in those games. She has lost three consecutive gold medal games on the season, 39-9 and for this team, scoring 8.6 points, giving up 5.95, which is weird that they've been doing so well because everything I've seen... The chatter, if you will, has been very negative about them, even from us occasionally, where the communi- the communication hasn't seemed seamless to this point, but when you've played 48 games and you've won 39 of them, not much to sneeze at.
1: No, definitely. This, uh, this is also like a new-look team, right? So Emma's trying to play that, that new position, as you said, and uh, yeah, I, they're, they're coming together nicely. Uh, sometimes you you think there might be a bit of miscommunication between Tracy and Rachel, sort of in the, the style of play. Uh, but like you say, they've dealt with all of that and have uh, managed to park it. They're, you said scoring eight-something point something points a game, right? That's, uh, that's really, really good. Uh, that's going to be very, very important for them to score in this field, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the pool that they're in. Being able to get those multiple points... Uh, convert those hammers. Uh, that's going to be the key for this team. Something else to look for is the the sweeping. Emma uh, yeah. Miskew obviously is in uh, terrific shape and is a great sweeper. Uh, just the communication of that between them and Tracy. It, it has been good this year, but uh, we'll see if there's any small hiccups. Uh, I don't anticipate any. So uh, this is a team that, uh, like you said, if Rachel Holman's playing, She's usually in the finals, so that would not surprise me to see her in that game at the end of the week.
0: Yeah. One other thing that I'm curious to see now with Tracy there calling the game is we've been critical in the past of maybe sometimes they give too much respect to their opponents. Mm-hmm. And they let people hang around sometimes when in reality they're just so much better that they could just kill them by the sixth end if they really wanted to. But they yeah. they play a more defensive style. And if you look at the points per game in the the difference, their average margin of victory, or sorry, their average point differential, I should say, is roughly the same as Jennifer Jones's. And we'll talk about Jennifer Jones next. But Jennifer Jones is scoring three quarters of a point more per game and th- therefore giving up that as well. But it just speaks mm. to Jennifer Jones is more willing to take those chances, rocks and play. Whereas this team, they get up and just let's keep it empty. Like let's not worry about it, which there's yeah. nothing necessarily wrong with that, but there are times where it feels like you can just win the game right now. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. And,
0: and they're, they're choosing to play the more defensive route, which leads openings for, or if there's a pick that goes wrong or something
1: crazy happens. Yeah. Whereas again, they're just better <laughs> than
0: their opponent. They could just go win.
1: That's it. Just go and win. Uh, don't, don't let them hang around, put your foot on the neck, so to speak, and, uh, just get the job done. Yeah.
0: So I mentioned Jennifer Jones. She is the second ranked team in this field out of Manitoba, of course, playing with Mackenzie Zacharias, And that team, including Carly Burgess, who is a wonderful player out of Nova Scotia, who came to Manitoba to join that team. So this really is kind of a hodgepodge of a team in Mm -hmm. the total lineage of it, but a wonderful team at that. Jennifer Jones making her 17th appearance, her last of her sixth championships at this event, came in 2018, also in British Columbia, out in Penticton. So... That could be a thing. Uh, She did not play last year, of course, at the Olympic Games, where she went five and four. On the season, 53 and 27. Scott, their force efficiency is 0.52, steel efficiency of 0.32. So pretty good when they don't have the hammer. Mm -hmm. So that's what you like to see on a team. I think I haven't paid too much attention to know exactly what the lineup is going to be, but presumably they've figured out exactly what they want the lineup to be. And for as much as Jennifer Jones might not be a sure thing in the same way she was a decade ago, I'm not willing to count out Jennifer Jones ever, I think.
1: No, no, especially with the great shot making that she's brought on board. Uh, What we've seen from Team Zacharias in the last couple of years uh, in their appearances is that uh, they have all the skill in the world and it's just about executing those, the, the strategy, like executing what strategy you want at the end of a week, right? So the, the way they're going to play is that Carly Burgess is, is sticking at third. Uh, that's the way they've played all year. Uh, McKenzie has thrown second rocks and then gone into the house to hold the broom for Jennifer. The way that it's listed in the media guide is that, uh, uh, McKenzie, Emily Zacharias and Lauren Lenantine are all listed as front end. <laughs> so, I think what's really cool about this is that they're they're going to be able to get everybody into the lineup throughout the week. Uh, There might even be some games where Jennifer takes a seat. No disrespect to the other teams in the pool, but there are some Mm -hmm. games where they can probably win without her and maybe save her a little bit of, uh, of stress on the body. It's a long week. It's uh, going to be really taxing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I I think this team is really well set up, Sean, to make a, a huge push. And this, this will really set up that Zacharias Force them for the future all these yeah. experience that they're gaining here with uh, jen jones
0: yeah just sit at the foot of jennifer jones and learn <laughs> yeah, about learn. everything and I, I know that's what the season so far has been and really what the point of this team is and they've had success for sure and it'll be fun to see mm-hmm. them here this week so let's move on to the next team wild card two casey scheidegger I was surprised, Scott. This is only Casey's third appearance. I, I feel like she's been around long enough and in enough big events that she's played in more than two
1: Scotties before this. Well, her, her kind of breakout, right, was the trials in 2018. Yeah. Uh, when her team sort of burst onto the national scene there and had a lot of really great games, a pretty strong week for them overall, uh, including a really good game against eventual champions, Rachel Holman. But yeah, yeah, it it is a bit strange to think that uh, they haven't played in that many Scotties that it is to say like Alberta is quite a tough province mm-hmm. uh, historically to get out of. So I really like Sean with this team. The addition of Kate Hogan at third, I think she brings a a lot of ability to that third position. Not that Carrie Ann McTaggart didn't have ability, but I think it's just like a slight upgrade with uh, with Kate Hogan. And they'll be able to get out of any trouble that they might get into.
0: Also, has Casey's sister, Jesse on the team, Taylor McDonald at lead. Christy Moore is there because Jesse is pregnant. And of course, this was a major issue. They are the sixth ranked team in this field. So the initial pregnancy maternity rules did not apply to them. Christy Moore is not a bad player by any means. She's represented Alberta before. She knows what she's doing, so it's a really good replacement, but it did blow up the maternity rules uh, here with Team Scheidegger. They're 41-21 on the season. What I like about them is that if you look at the Alberta Scotties, they won games in very different ways. They won a game 11-9, 6-3, and then combined they beat Selena Sturme in two games, 18 to five. So high scoring, close game, low scoring, clo- close games, and then a couple of blowouts. Like they won games in a variety of ways. So that's a good thing. I think in terms of your flexibility as a, a game caller, uh, you're going to have to throw a lot of different shots given those scores. So that I think bodes well for them.
1: Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if they can park that, uh, what I assume is pretty devastating loss in the Alberta final, just like thinking, okay, we've made it, and there's no shot here, and then just be beaten by this crazy good shot. Uh, In some ways, that's easier, right? Than than if you make a mistake and let your opponent off the hook. Uh, So we'll see how they rebound from that. But they had a great week in Alberta, and uh, hopefully, we'll carry it over to the Scotties in Kamloops.
0: Now another team coming off a tough finals loss is wild card number three, featuring Megan Walter. Curling Canada is calling this team Walter, whereas in the Manitoba playdowns it was Team Ackland, uh, but whatever you want to call it. They're good. Megan Walter throwing four stones. Abby Ackland the third stones, joined by Sarah Oliver and Mackenzie Elias as the front end. They're all making their Scotties debut, but Sarah Oliver and Megan Walter are 2019 World Mixed Curling Championship gold medalists. So they do have that experience behind them. On the season 40 and 26, that includes, of course, the great victory against Caitlin Laws in the Manitoba semis, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Potentially a point of concern for this team, Scott. Giving up seven points a game so far this season, that is more than the other top teams in the field. So potentially a point of concern. And the fact that they're all rookies, there's a learning curve at this event, which is what we've seen in the past. So potentially not the highest expectations externally, but it is a very good team.
1: Yeah, they are quite quite a good team, Sean. Uh, maybe expectations would be similar to that Beth Peterson rink from hmm. a 2020.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, sort of coming in as the third wild card, getting a chance to get some national experience under your belt, uh, and I'm sure they're going to be able to knock off a few teams and. Uh, people best not take them lightly.
0: No, another team you don't want to take lightly. New Brunswick, the defending bronze medalist. You just talked about getting national experience under your belt. This team has a whole bunch of it, and they put it to great use last season. This is Andrea Kelly's 11th appearance at the Scotties. Of course, Sylvie Quinlan is the third. But this year, they brought on Jill Brothers to play second. This is her sixth appearance. She, of course, has skipped out of Nova Scotia for plenty of years. And then just for fun, they got Heather Smith as the alternate in their effort to have all Nova Scotia skips with them <laughs> on this, uh, on this Scotty's appearance so far in the season, they are 32 and 11, a 0.54 force efficiency and a 0.41 steel efficiency. So another team that it's been tough to get multiples against on the season. Scott, do you think they can replicate that amazing
1: run from last season? Well, they've got all the tools, Sean and, They haven't uh, won any events this year, except for that uh, New Brunswick Scotties. Uh, But it does seem like they've been able to qualify in in every event. So always getting uh, near the top of the table, being able to stay in it, win some games, just not quite able to pull it over the finish line. So yeah, I'd expect them to be really strong this year. We'll see if uh, the addition of Jill Brothers is for the better or not. Uh, Jill Babbin, a good player in her own right for sure. And so yeah, uh, I, I, of course, this team they were in the they were the number one team in uh, yeah. in the pool. So uh, they're going to have a target on their back this year that they probably didn't in years past. So we'll see how they deal with that.
0: Yeah, and you wonder if they can use some of that experience that they have. Um, over some of the other teams potentially to their favor. But this will be a fun team to see, again, uh, to see if they can capitalize or, or recreate what was a really wonderful run last year. So let's move on to another team that had a wonderful run last year. That's Northwest Territory, skipped by Carrie Galusha, making her 16th and hopefully not final appearance at the Scotties. Six and four last year, getting into that championship pool. The lineup is the exact same. They are 25-13 and on the season, Scott. The past two Scotties, 2021-2022, they have beat Team Ontario. So skipped by Rachel Holman in 21 in the bubble. And then last year, uh, Emma Miscue, skipping that team. And on this season, just this season, they have beat Andrea Kelly, Abby Ackland, Kayla Skrillek, Laurie St. George, and Clancy Grandy all in this field And I know this won't be a surprise to you, but they did beat Madeline Dupont as well. So (laughs) they have some really good wins under their belt this year as they have put the emphasis on traveling over the past few seasons. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in very strong. Joanne Rizzo knows what she's doing, throwing the final stone. Sarah Colton has tons of experience. Now her first Scotty's appearance was back in 2014. Doesn't feel like. She's been yeah. around that long. Like it, it, somehow it feels like Casey Scheidiger has been around longer than Sarah Colton, but no, oh, in no. terms of Scotty's appearances. So it's it's a team that is just bursting with experience and they can beat probably everyone here in their pool because they have before.
1: They've got the talent, Sean. It's just about putting it all together uh, for a full week. Uh, the last couple of years, it, they've been in that three and four four and three in their pool mm-hmm. uh, and just haven't been able to eke it out. They made it to a tiebreaker uh, last year, I believe. And they got Did it. They, they, they got through, it? yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, they're always like right on that bubble of, of advancing or not. Like you say, they're capable of beating anybody. Uh, and it's just about putting it together at the right time and not having those uh, sort of quote-unquote bad losses, right? You have to beat everybody yeah. that you're ahead of in this pool if you want to get through.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the key for them is to not have those bad games, and, and in particular, not have a bad end or two, where the other team cracks a three or four kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. That that's kind of where they're going to have to be careful here. But certainly, as they demonstrated, they are capable of making it through. You know, I think if you gave Carrie Galusha truth serum, she'd rather be in the other pool. But you could probably say that for all the teams in this pool. So I think so, yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, let's move on to Newfoundland and Labrador. Stacy Curtis making her sixth appearance last time in 2018. Apparently, she only qualifies for the Scotties when she wants to travel as far away from Newfoundland as possible. <laughs> she only does the BC ones. She went four and three in Penticton. Family affair here on this team. Erica Curtis playing third. Julie Hines, who is also Stacey's sister, playing second. And then it's Camille Burt, the lead. She is making her debut at a Scotties, but the others have all played before. They did qualify for the playoffs at the Stu cells, Halifax event earlier this season. That was a pretty good field. They beat Heather strong in the Newfoundland final, but otherwise not too many appearances on tour, probably low expectations externally for this team, but I would say for them, they should be aiming for the championship pool. If they can, it'll take a couple upsets. But again, a team that's going to be ranked a little bit lower, but if you go in and say, well, we're just going to beat them because we're going to beat them, like, no, you're going to have to make some shots to beat them.
1: Yeah, you're you're definitely going to need to make some shots. And what I think this team should try and do, Sean, is just really, really mix it up. Put a lot of rocks in play, hope for some mistakes from the other team, and hope that you can capitalize on those mistakes. I think that's going to be their easiest path out of this really, really tough pool
0: call that the reverse
1: jamie murphy yes yes
0: (laughs) yeah good strategy (laughs) all right uh and then the team this is where the pool kind of goes off the rails in terms of competitiveness or balance between the two it's northern ontario krista mccarville is the eighth ranked team in this pool this is the defending silver medalist went eight and four last year 10th appearance for krista mccarville Bit of a change. I think this is a change. Shara Potts is calling the line uh, on Krista's shots. Mm-hmm. Overall, this season, it's not a super impressive record. Only 22-17 and 17 on the season. They missed the playoffs at the two slams they played in, the Tier 2 and the National. They also, though, played in the uh, Thunder Bay Major League where they finish second there that's over from October through January. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good league. If you look at some of the teams who are there a weekly draw, so not bad there, but an interesting stat for them on the season, Scott 14 and three, when they start with the hammer. So that last stone draw before the game going to be very, very important for this team. It's important for everybody, but that's a number that kind of jumps off the page when you look at it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, Sean. I, I hadn't put those numbers together. So uh, yeah, but Sean, th- this team, like you say, they're, this is the second lowest ranked team in the pool, and they were the silver medalists last year uh, and yeah. had a chance to win. So this is going to be a really tough pool. They've got a lot of good teams ahead of them that, you know, they're they're not going to have many walkovers in this pool. So uh, if they're going to earn it, they're going to earn it uh, in full this week. Yeah. Uh, but I ex- I expect them to be there at the end of the week. I will not bet against Krista McCarville. Until she shows me otherwise.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things about that record of 22 and 17, and this is something we talked about with Chelsea Carey forever, that Chelsea Carey really felt like her whole schedule and her training was based on peaking for the Scotties. Yeah. And Chris has been interviewed a few times over the past few weeks. That really seems what their focus is as well. That, yes, it's nice to win in October right? Everyone would rather win than lose, but their mm-hmm. real focus, their goal is having a season designed specifically to peak at this time of year. That's not to say that other teams don't want to peak at this time of year, but when you're looking at the teams that play in the slams and the other events where there's a lot of money at stake, the Scotties in the national championship, it's not the sole goal that there's other goals along the way. No. Whereas for this team, it's really all focused towards this event.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: And rounding out the teams in Pool B, a team that we hope has a wonderful, wonderful time in Kelowna, have a lot of fun. I think there's some good restaurants. Really embrace it. From the Yukon, it's Haley Burney making her fourth appearance at the Scotties. She is 1-21 overall in her appearances. Bit of a lineup change from last year. Chelsea Jarvis is going to be playing third she last appeared at the Scotties in 2020. This is her fourth appearance overall. Carrie Campbell and Kimberly Tour are the front end. That is the same as last season. Scott, she's won a game at the Scotties before. You think she can get another one this year?
1: This is a really tough, uh, <laughs> a tough uh, ask in this pool, uh, given how deep it is. Maybe you look at that game against Newfoundland as, as your opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's going to be tough. But you know what? Uh, good on them. They're coming down for the the event. Uh, everybody gets that chance to represent their province or territory. And, you know, we'll get a look at them on TV, I'm sure, in the cut-ins.
0: Yeah, and interestingly, the first game for them is that game against Stacy Curtis. Okay, so we'll see who figures out the ice uh,
1: the fastest.
0: Yeah, and in draw four, too. So they don't play in the initial draw. So their buy that they get is draw two. So they don't actually start until Sunday.
1: I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be an advantage. When you're when you're a team that doesn't play as much, you kind of want to get out there and get playing.
0: Yeah, because their practice will be Thursday. They might have practice ice Friday as well. But then mm. you're gone, right? Like, obviously, they'll yeah. go into the arena and they'll try and tr- map the ice as best as they can. But to go into that game, a game that you think, oh, maybe this is a chance. Yeah a team that's already played on the ice. You haven't yet uh, a bit of a, a break, a bad break potentially on the schedule there for Haley burning, mm-hmm. but yeah, hopefully they have a, a wonderful week there in Kelowna. So that is pool B Scott. Let's move over to pool. A we'll do the same thing. We'll go by the rankings and how the pools were determined. So unsurprisingly, the top ranked team in pool a is team Canada. Carrie Anderson going for their fourth consecutive Scotties championship. They went 11-1 last season. They are 35-13 on the season, 9.17 points per game, 5.8 points against. They are crushing people when they win. But this is more than just the 2023 Scotties. This is a chance for them to tie Colleen Jones, that great Colleen Jones squad, for the record of four consecutive Scotties championships. They've already tied Vera Pezer and Jennifer Jones with mm-hmm. three straight. This is the chance now
1: to tie the all-time record. Scott, you think they can do it? They've got to be the favorites, Sean. There's, you know, I said I wouldn't bet against Krista McCarvel. <laughs> Why would I bet against Kerry Anderson winning another Scotties? Uh, their team has been pretty dominant the last uh, three years, uh, two, three of four. Anyway. They're they're just really, really, really good. And I'd I'd be dumb if I didn't pick them to win, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 I don't know what else to say. They're good. All
0: right. Yeah, they're great. There yeah. really is not much else you could say. That I think if they were to do this, it's gonna be hard to put it in perspective, right? So it's impossible to compare the three straight that they won to Vera Pezzer's three straight. It just it is. Yeah, it's a totally different era maybe a little bit to Jennifer Jones's, but the four straight with Colleen Jones's four straight, it's going to be really hard because they're playing in an era where there's more quote-unquote professional teams and they're doing this. Whereas in Colleen Jones's era, wasn't quite that professionalization that we see. And this is not to disparage the teams that Colleen Jones had to go through or what Colleen Jones achieved because within the context of the time, that was a remarkable achievement. Is it harder now than it was? I don't know because Carrie Anderson is a professional team as well. So I don't know. Relative to their competition, is one better than the other? I don't know. It'll be a fun summer conversation and a fun Mm -hmm. episode if she wins. So maybe I'm rooting for that only for the content.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. If I think back to that uh, Colleen Jones run, you know, I think she beat Kathy Cunningham one year, the Suzanne Burt... I think that was they beat them in the semifinals. So, uh, yeah, but like you think of the the teams of that era, you know, like Allison Goring, yeah, and Kelly Law, she beat one year. Kelly Law, yeah. So yeah, some really good teams. But uh, you're right, not not the caliber, top to bottom of the fields that we get today. So, yeah, I look forward to that episode mm-hmm. and uh, thinking more about it.
0: All right, so let's move on then to the second-ranked team in the pool. It is wildcard one, skipped by Caitlin Laws. They are 47-20 and on the season, but the big news here is that Selena Negevin is out for this event. She is on the verge of giving birth, so she is not going to play. Laura Walker is in to the lineup. Of course, the maternity rules were front and center with this team as well. Uh, somewhat interestingly enough, I believe Jocelyn Peterman has also announced that she is pregnant. So a lot, of, a lot of babies running around this team between Caitlin Lodge just gave birth, Laura Walker's youngest, I believe is six months old, Jocelyn's pregnant, Selena's pregnant. This is like a, a real young family team here.
1: Yeah, the baby boom of uh, the first year of a quad, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we'll see how everybody handles it. Bo uh, Walker is a great player, as we all know. I don't think she'll have any problems fitting in on this team. Another thing neat about uh, this team is Lisa Weigel is their coaching. Yep, uh, coaching the team. Uh, obviously, Lisa played with uh, Caitlin and Jocelyn last year a bit with Jennifer Jones' team. So uh, nice to see them on, or to see her on board. Uh, with this team and uh, she'll be a great asset for them on the bench and helping to map the ice and uh, chart the rocks.
0: Yeah. And just one more note on the maternity stuff, uh, Curling Canada has reversed course and Selena Negavin will be allowed in the players area and on the bench uh, where previously it was said that she would not be allowed uh, in those areas as a non-active competitor or something. So uh, again, cooler heads eventually prevailed at Curling Canada with that one and mm-hmm. Scott one interesting note here: we we talked about it in the summer, Caitlin Law is going back to skipping after a very accomplished junior career as skip. Do you know the last time she skipped in a national
1: championship? Well, don't look at it. She? Don't I
0: see your eyes going to your screen? Don't look at it. Like play the game well,
1: fairly. Yeah, I'm on. I was just looking to see how old she is. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna say. 2009. You are correct, sir. Really? Uh, yeah,
0: you are nice. absolutely right. 2009, she skipped the Canadian champion junior team. Do you know who she beat in the gold medal game in 2009? Yeah, I think she beat Rachel Holman. She did beat Rachel Holman 7-4 to in that final. She would go on to lose the world junior curling final in a game 8-4 to against... Is it Anna Hasselberg? It's not. Oh. Oh, So you're on such a good run. Uh, She lost that game to Eve Muirhead.
1: Eve Muirhead. That would have been my second guess. Yeah.
0: So first time in 14 years that Caitlin will be skipping at the national championship or at a national championship. So that'll be kind of cool to see. We really haven't seen any of the things that we might have been concerned about, any rust on the skipping game for Caitlin in the games that we've seen this year. So I wouldn't expect that to come up at all this year or, or this week. No, not at all. No. no. All right. Well, let's move on then to British Columbia, Clancy Grandy coming out of the West coast. Of course, she has played out of Alberta for a very long time. Her first full appearance. She was an alternate in 2021 with Tracy Fleury's team that was skipped that year by Chelsea Carey. So she's been in this environment, but that was the bubble. So it wasn't a full Scotty's experience for Clancy Grandy that year. She did play in the trials in 2017 with Allie Flaxey, She was the third on that team. So she does have some experience being in these environments. Debuts for everybody else on this roster. They've played a whole bunch This year, they are 52-27. and Their final event was not the Scotties in British Columbia. They actually went over to Bern, Switzerland, played in the Bernese Ladies' Cup. They lost the semifinal there to Isabella Rana the weekend of January 26th to the 29th. So uh, they got out of the country and are now back here playing at the Scotties. Young team, inexperienced Mm -hmm. team at this level, But again, a team that we know they can make shots. It's just a question of, can they do it over the course of nine days?
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely the unknown of this team. Like you said, they've been playing so much this year. They've accumulated so many points. They're like eight, they're eighth, I think, in the CTRS uh, standings for this year. Uh, So they've gone out, they've spieled, they played a lot of events, uh, obviously had an impressive showing. In the BC final, uh, beating uh, Corinne Brown in that sort of weird back and forth game with lots (laughs) of big ends. So I think uh, what we can hope for from this team is that they're going to mix it up. Uh, They're going to play fun curling, play loose out there, right? Uh, When your team mostly making your debut, you don't really have much to lose. So uh, let's hope that's what we see and we get some fun games. That would be fun. I would fully support that uh, situation
0: uh, if that were to take place. And another fun team that I Scott, I think Scott will mix it up as well. That is Alberta. Kayla Skrillick coming in. They're making their debut, or excuse me, she is making her debut here. She did skip Alberta at the 2018 Canadian Juniors, went seven and three there. Also a gold medalist at the 2014 Arctic Winter Games, representing northern Alberta. There is some experience on this team. Brittany Tran playing third. This is her third appearance at the Scotties. Jerry Lynn Ramsey from Scott's favorite team of all time. The 2010 PEI team uh, is here. And Ashton Skrillek is the lead making her debut. They went undefeated at the Alberta Scotties. That incredible shot to win the final 32 and 19 over the course of the season. And, This is really the same thing as Clancy Grandy's team. Young team, little more experience with Brittany Tran there and and Lynn Ramsey. But overall, for Kayla, it's going to be getting her feet wet. Can she adapt to this new environment? And how quickly can she adapt to it? Because as we saw in the Alberta final, she's got all the shots.
1: Yeah, and she's got like that confidence, I think, in all the shots too. Uh, We talked about it at the time, it was like, uh what shot like i i didn't think that was there <laughs> and she's like oh let's just do this for the win and boom okay uh sure let's do it so yeah this is going to be another instance of this team trying like wanting to go and play loose i don't think there's super high expectations the pool itself is not as strong as pool b so there's a better opportunity i think to get into that championship pool and i think that should be the goal for this week
0: yeah, and that'd be a great accomplishment for them if they were able to do that, uh, as would a great accomplishment for the next team, which I actually missed. They were actually ranked ahead of Alberta. My apologies yes. to Nova Scotia and Christina Black, making her second consecutive appearance, fifth overall, second, though, as a skip, went five and four last year in this event. She is joined by Jennifer Baxter. Who was there last year as well? Carly Everest and Shelly Barker. So it's the same lineup as last season that went five and four. Scott, do you think they can improve on that record this week?
1: I do, Sean. I do think they can improve on that. They're very talented. Uh they've had a great year this year, curling. Did you mention that? 30, 34 and 7. It's a pretty good. year. It's good when you make uh make more wins than losses that's <laughs> math analytics yeah. Uh, yeah scoring almost 10 or over 10 and a half points a game uh, that's pretty good and if you can bring some of that uh, juice in to the to this event I think you'll be great. you've also got you know that experience of having done it together uh, at least last year so I, I think uh, this team should be favored to make it out. Uh, of the pool and into the championship pool play.
0: Yeah. I think with the experience, as you say, that that does give them a bit of a leg up on some of the other teams in this pool, but one of the teams, it does not give them a leg up on because they have far less experience than Prince Edward Island and mm-hmm. Suzanne Burt making her 14th appearance. Bit of a change though. As you said a couple of weeks ago, Scott Marie Christensen is calling the game. Suzanne Burt is going to throw last still. So I was curious if over the course of the season, this has led to any changes. Statistically, they're still scoring a bunch, eight and a half points a game, only giving up 5.2 points per game. They're 24 and 10 on the season, which is really good. But typically, Suzanne Burt would be higher, I think, in both categories. So a bit of a calming down of the rocks in play here potentially for Suzanne Bird or for for team PI with Marie Christensen calling the game potentially a little more conservative in her approach than Suzanne was, which is unfortunate from a viewer perspective, but if it's going to lead to wins, they're not going to complain.
1: No, exactly. Whatever, whatever's going to get them the wins. uh, That's what's important to this team. And they've got all the tools in their tool chest. So, I'm really excited to see them play. Uh, obviously, it'll be different watching Suzanne Burt sweep, but it uh, <laughs> might take some getting used to. Yeah. Uh, but they're she's definitely uh, able to do it, and they've had a pretty good year so far.
0: Yeah, it's only the first four rocks. Nobody
1: cares about the the front end stones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: All right, let's move on to a wonderful story out of Saskatchewan. Robin Silvernagle back in the Scotties for the first time since 2019, where she won a bronze medal. This team was put together last minute, featuring Kelly Schaefer, Sherry Just, and Kara Thiveno. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Kara's third appearance. Sherry Just is making her debut at the Scotties. Kelly Schaefer also making her debut at the Scotties, but Maybe a familiar name to some of you out there because she is a 2006 and 2010 Olympian and a 2010 world silver medalist. I know what you're saying. Wait, how could that be possible if she's never played in the Scotties? It's because she did that with Scotland and with Rona Martin in 2006 at the Olympics and the rest with Eve Muirhead. So a lot of experience for Kelly Schaefer, obviously now based in Canada, playing with Robin Silvernagel the story has been told that Robin had a baby who spent time in the hospital. It was, it was a very difficult time for her and her family. Fortunately, everyone is doing well now. There's a great photo of her after that Saskatchewan final holding her son and just both of them smiling. A wonderful photo to see after what was a very challenging time for them. And it's, it's really cool to see her back in the Scotties. And I think the crowd will be very supportive of her out there in Kelowna. But from a pure curling perspective, it's really hard to throw a team together in short order and be successful. And they obviously did that in Saskatchewan, but whether they can continue it in a field of this caliber, I don't know. But Scott, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough, uh, Sean. You, you said they were playing in Kelowna, but it's Kamloops. It's okay. hard, Hard, hard... Uh just a distinction to make. They start against Christina Black in Nova Scotia. And I think that game is going to be pretty key for them uh, getting off on the right foot, uh, being able to get some momentum building. Like you say, they haven't played all that much together. So that'll be important. Uh, One of the cool things about the the Kelly Schaefer story is that uh, she was in Canada for the world championships, I think in 2010 after the Olympics uh, and met her husband, there, oh. uh, I think she said something like, oh, at least the uh, that guy's really cute or something uh, <laughs> to her teammates, right? And so, anyway, uh, there's somebody else that tells that story better than me. You can find it online. But anyway, it's really like cool. Cal- like
0: Kelly Schaefer? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Probably tells it better than than me. I think it was, uh, I think I read it in, uh, like it was a Canadian press report or something, okay. like cool. uh, Greg Strong or, or Ted. So, yeah, uh, check it out. But uh, yeah, the, the beginning is going to be important for them.
0: Yeah, no question. You want to get off to a good start. Uh, another team that's going to need a good start is Quebec, Loi St. Georges, making her return to the Scotties. Last year, went three and five, missed the playoff pool or the qualification pool, the championship pool. That's what it's called. Uh, she did make the championship pool in 2021, but ended up at a 500 record, didn't have a great uh, four games in that championship pool bit of a lineup change for this team. Alana Rutledge is on board. Her last time at a Scottie's was 2020 playing with Noemi uh, Vero and Kelly Madaw is on board playing lead. If you're thinking that name sounds familiar, uh yeah, yeah, it uh, it really does. Uh she is of course the daughter of Wayne, and Sherry Mada who combined have, I believe, 67 uh, Scotties and Brier appearances, roughly. So uh, that, that is a, a change. They have not had the greatest season so far, 12 and 15. The only playoffs that they have made, other than the Quebec Scotties, was at an event in August. So not great so far out on tour in the events that they've played in, but as we've seen, she can get hot, the team can get hot, on a nice run so don't sleep on them
1: yeah definitely not and what one thing we know is that they're going to bring a lot of energy and a lot of fun to the event there so i think they could get out of the the pool but uh, that's about where i'd place place their ceiling yeah. and finally it is nunavut bridget mcphail
0: zero eight last season it is the exact same lineup top to bottom they did play in some East Coast events because Bridget McPhail is from the East Coast. I believe she lives in Halifax in October and November. Three events total. They went one and nine in those events, which doesn't lead you with a lot of confidence. But the team does have experience. The front end uh, has played in the Scotties before with Lori Eddy back when Lori was playing out of Nunavut with these players. So they've been there a lot. Uh, they know what they're doing, but as we've seen in the past, you're not going to expect too much from Team Nunavut other than, you know, you, you, you kind of hope as a fan that they scare some people and have some good close games. And if they sneak one or two out, great.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, Sadie is kind of the the next gen of, of Nunavut curling. So we'll see her getting some experience and hopefully uh, yeah, hopefully, like you say, giving some teams a bit of a scare. So there you have it. Those are the 18 teams that are heading
0: to Camloops to play in the 2023 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. It all kicks off Friday night, which is the 17th
1: of February. That's right, 17th.
0: All right, and it all wraps up on... February 26. Yes. Yes. Math in my head. Great. So, <laughs> nine day event there. The final will be the Sunday along with the semifinal, and uh, all the playoffs will be set by Friday. So, different from the bubble, which is nice. But again, I'm not thrilled with this extended page system. But this should be a really fun week. As I said off the top, my favorite <laughs> event of the year which means scott time for our picks our foolish event picks that we do all the time for reasons that i'm still not sure about why we do them but we do i guess just because we like making ourselves look foolish so do you want to go first
1: yeah so what are we going to pick exactly let's
0: let's just do playoffs four playoffs uh, four playoff teams and a winner
1: okay So if we do four playoff teams and a winner, give me Canada, Wildcard 2, Manitoba, and Ontario.
0: So you got Manitoba, Canada, Wildcard 2, and Ontario.
1: Yeah, and Sean, I said earlier in the broadcast, earlier in the pod, that I'd be dumb if I picked against Carrie Anderson. So I'm gonna heed my own advice. and pick Carrie Anderson to get that fourth title in a row.
0: Okay. Uh, but you also said you weren't going to pick against Krista McCarvel, and she's nowhere to be seen in your pick. So I'm taking well, her. I have she's faith.
1: Written, she's written down on this paper here, but I had to cut it off. So Okay.
0: So I have faith. I'm going to pick Krista McCarvel to win. She finally does it. She gets over the hump. She crosses the finish line. She achieves the achievable dream and, and becomes the Scotties champion and I will take wild card one Canada and Ontario to round out my playoff
1: pool there at the scotties this week. So shot Sean, Sean I picked wild card two. Is that yeah. Caitlin Law's team? No. Oh that's the one I wanted to pick. Sorry.
0: Nope. nope. Sorry Kate, it's uh no. you said wild card two.
1: No I meant the I card meant says Law. the
0: card says moops. That's good.
1: <laughs> no wild card one hold on
0: all right i guess i guess we'll allow it copying my picture <sighs> yeah.
1: well it's on on curling zone it just says wild card it doesn't give me numbers so
0: if only we had previewed what each team was then then you, we, would, have, we then you know. would have known yeah too bad yeah that. So there you have it. Those are our picks for the week. Do not gamble based on those picks, please. Uh we we will take no responsibility uh for that. Uh that's just who we're gonna keep our eyes on for the week. And again, my favorite event of the year. This is gonna be fun. Hopefully you're all looking forward to it as well. And if you want to follow along with our thoughts over the course of the week, you can subscribe here on the channel wherever it is you get your podcasts, likes, rates, comments, all that stuff helps us grow, it helps other people find the show. You can also follow on social media at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Game of Stones Podcast on Facebook. You can head over to Game of and let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. But we are not finished yet because we have our Scotty's Tournament of Hearts giveaway that Scott teased a couple of weeks ago. Scott, what do we have for the people?
1: That's right, Sean. Turn on the cameras. Let's go. Let's show this. What we've got is a contest that we're going to run over on our Instagram page. Uh, And it's we're giving away this nice, lovely print of a painting of Elsa Craig, which is the island in Scotland where curling stones come from. Yeah. So this is produced uh, by a Scottish artist that's uh, a part of my family named uh, Daniel Martin. And we're going to. Give all the instructions as to how you can win this lovely print uh, over on our Instagram page. It's just going to involve saving the post, sharing the post, and also following both us and Daniel on Instagram. Uh, He's got beautiful, beautiful paintings up there. If you like uh, skyscapes and you like nature, his paintings are uh, absolutely incredible. I've even got one in my living room. That is true.
0: I've seen it with my own eyes and uh, met Daniel last year. Good guy. Didn't meet him or spend as much time with him as I potentially would have barring a COVID type situation. But, you know, nice guy and everyone speaks very highly of him. And yeah, his, his artwork is really nice. So do check it out. We will post the image over on the Instagram, and it'll be on the Facebook and the the Twitter page as well. But to participate, it has to be through the Instagram account. And as Scott says, all the instructions will be there. We will do it over the course of the weekend. And at some point before the championship pool starts, we will pick a winner and we will cover the cost of getting that print to you. Yes, yes, we will. So, uh, do have your eyes on the lookout for that. We are very excited about this print. We may or may not have another similar type of event for the Briar. Who's who's to say?
1: Yes, who's to say?
0: Yeah, nobody nobody can really predict the future. So uh, we are looking forward to all the things going on. Very busy time of year for us and we know for you as well. So we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us this week. And we hope you'll join us again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.
1: Make the final.